Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. Uh, this is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily, which today was live from the city ground, Nottingham Forest uh, ground, of course, ahead uh, of the start of the uh, EFL, because it was EFL launch day. We launched the EFL, We did, Paul. Officially How, What a great honour for us. Uh, Chris Oelamo was with us throughout the afternoon. You'll hear from him and hear of his musical prowess alongside Andy Reid, the Forest coach and former Forest and Spurs uh, winger. Uh, we also had a chat with Graham Courtney, who was with uh, Borough, and we spoke to John McGovern, two times uh, European Cup winner with Forest. It was lovely to see him. So here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, Max. Good afternoon, Chris. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Lovely to see you. Um, was this a, a kind ground for you? Did you score plenty of goals whenever you came here? Can you remember? I never lost here. Oh, uh, I lost what? my voice. Did you have a yeah. play? You, you, you did play here, though. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, no. You know, you a couple of minutes in. Uh, yeah, last time I played here, 1 0 win. Michael Kitely got the goal. Uh, right. Wolves. Promotion season, so. And that's one of the hardest games of my career, actually, because lost my voice yeah. in, the, in the dressing room just before coming out. Yeah, it was odd that. Max and I wondered whether you did vocal warm-up exercises. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't Cary Grant. You know. yeah. no, me, I me, did. me, me. But part of your warm-up was to, was to stretch just, your neck. Was yeah, this for headers? So yeah, you could just stretch your neck, the, clear your throat and things like that. And yeah. I, just, I just ruptured something. Basically couldn't speak for about four days. How, really? How heavily are you... Clearing your throat, erupts <laughs> your neck. It's just one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, 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 I couldn't believe how much it affected me. You know, because you know, you know well, how, how vocal I am. Yeah. You know how loud I am, and it was it really kind of takes away kind of one of the dynamics of your game, like yeah. organising and talking and things like and, that. So. And did you did you during the game? Was it just like sort of <clears> ten minutes in, and you wanted to say? Next five, nothing silly, no. and just nothing came yeah. out. I knew straight away. I said to the doctor as soon as it happened, and obviously they they knew. They knew the situation, but I got through the full game, but very yeah. difficult. Very I bet you difficult. got some clog from the boys, though, didn't you? I would imagine they must have found it hilarious. Well, they never knew. Just the doctor oh, really? knew. So it's they just thought he's quiet, <laughs> quiet today. He doesn't want the ball. It's just a with him. <laughs> Um, last time I was here, Max, yes. I've, I've been here to watch Spurs over the years, and we normally got beat because Forrest was in in their pomp. I saw John play for Forrest. That's how old I am. 
and uh, John McGovern joined us in a few moments' time. But I came here last time in bizarre circumstances. I got some tickets for the Enemy Brat Awards for oh. Scott Gemmell right. and uh, the former forest striker Paul, uh, Paul McGregor. McGregor. Yeah. yeah, okay. And Paul was in a band as well, so they were sort of indie kids. And so I was working in the same company as the Enemy, and so I went and saw the editor uh, there and said, can I get a couple of tickets for a guy? Oh, he said, oh, yeah, no problem. So we went along the awards. And then Scott said, if you ever want to come see Forest play, let me know. So I had some work up here, and it coincided with the night they played Bayern Munich. They played Bayern Munich in the UEFA Cup, 96. And uh, this was a good Bayern Munich side. You know, Jean-Pierre Papin, Klinsmann, Matthias. It's a very, wow. very good side. Uh, they gave him a bit of a scene. It was in the 96 Forest. When was that? Is that, I think that it Brian was, Roy it was, era? Stand? It, yeah, probably would have been that sort of era. Um, uh, obviously, Scott was playing. I'm trying to think of the other players who put Chet or playing. I can't think of the boys who played that day. But they did get a bit of a shoeing. And Norm was in goal. Mark Crossley was in goal. And they, they got beat 5-1. But it was a very good Forest side. So that was my last time here watching uh, a game of football. You come here to watch Cambridge. 27th of October, 1998. In wow. the League Cup. We were... Bottom division, sort of, we were, I think it was called Division 3 then, but <coughs> League 2 or Division yeah. 4, whatever you call it. They were Premier League, but not for very long. And they went, I, I got the train from university, had no dinner, and I was in the away end, which is over there, the Bridgeford stand, mm-hmm. I believe is the away end. Yeah. And uh, we were 3-0 down at half-time, and then I think Trevor Benjamin got one, and then Martin Butler got one, and five minutes from time we got a penalty. I can't remember if it was Little or somebody handballed it on the line. He didn't get sent off, should have done. And John Taylor, who's sort of a Cambridge United legend, he had a bandage on his head and he had a penalty. It's the only time I've been at a game when we've got a penalty that I couldn't watch it. Because like, I, I hadn't had dinner, I was just so, I felt so faint. Anyway, yeah. we, we equalised, took into extra time, we went out on penalties. But it was one of those, as a Cambridge fan, most of your greatest days are heroic in defeat. And it was, it was an absolutely, yeah. it was just a brilliant performance. And uh, it was a, Absolutely, it was a great, great night. I think yeah. we went up that year. Roy McFarlane was our manager. Wow. But it was great. The Derby man, of course. Absolutely. Come yeah, to a proper yeah. stadium. And I don't, mm. with all due respect to Cambridge's stadium, but, you know, when I see yeah. stadiums like this, and it's bizarre, isn't it? There's just a collection of seats and some grass can be kind of magical. Yeah. But it just looks, it is so ready, obviously, for yeah. the start of the season. Just need some players it on it. needs some players and some the nets to be just yeah. unfurled. But it is, looks like an absolute carpet. It's beautiful. We had a chat with Danny Bart yesterday at, at your old club, Stoke, and they just want to get on with it now. I suppose it's a bit like that as a player, isn't it? You've had all your pre-season friendlies. You've got about four days to the start of the season and you just want to get on with it. Yeah, especially that week before the, the campaign starts. <clears> you're kind of winding down the, the, usually the one session uh, a day the more focus on the tactical side the level should be there but even then even if you've had the perfect pre-season usually takes probably three, four, five games to get up to kind of that match sharpness where you kind of want to be but like you say I've done the, the Stoke game at the, the weekend and they're, they're looking looking quite good yeah. Danny Bart like you say he's a, he came through as a young boy when I was at Wolves as well and mm. he's always been a he's always been a character a fantastic leader but they're looking good they're looking good this we year. were asking him about Raul Jimenez and the, uh, what makes him so special as a player but it was just great to see him back Chris wasn't it playing again yeah well he's came back I've done all all the Wolves uh, mm. pre-season matches and he's everything there he's putting his head he's got the band on that he's going to wear for the rest of his career yeah. but again he's he's still throwing himself into the challenges his, his movement his sharpness he's got a couple of goals as well which yeah. is which is good for him but uh, no it's good to be back it's, it's one of those things with him I think the, the club have, have kind of been patient with him he was ready probably March uh, start of April kind of thing and mm. uh, they've just said you know we'll just slow it down make sure he gets all the time that he needs we should say we should say that we walked him <clears> in the station we did didn't we Paul and 
It's a beautiful stadium, and the well, Trent is we, lovely. We should start off that the producer, the producer's North Star when he's in Nottingham, <laughs> yeah. is Hooters. It is. I said, how do we get... John said, should we walk? It's about 20 minutes. I said, yeah, that sounds nice. A nice picturesque walk along the Trent. Little did I know. So I said, how'd you get there? He said, come out of the station, turn right at Hooters. I said, so why is Hooters your marker? <laughs> um, it's like he was desperate. I've never frequented a Hooters. No, I mean, you know, he, he's claiming not, but he seems, he seems to be doing PR for them at the moment. So basically, it's dual carriageway, yeah. Hooters, a self-storage outlet. Yeah. Couple of those dangerous turns where you think you can cross the road, and then there's like an articulated lorry coming towards you. That's right. You. Yeah, yeah, it's not calming. It's not. Is it? it wasn't a pleasant. The end of it. The end of it as you cross the train yeah, is, is a pleasant walk. Mm. But the rest of it was was pretty horrible. So it got us thinking about the good and bad walks to and from stadiums Absolutely around right. the world. Yeah, eight ten eighty nine on the text that Max mm. Rushton uh, on Twitter at tsh and j. We just want the nicest and the least nice, and you know things that may have happened to you on the yeah. walk to and from the station. A lot of people, you know, Neil saying like Putney Bridge to Craven Cottage. That's yeah, so one of the along best along the river. Bishop's Park, one of the nicest ones. Uh, Stevenage, says Stuart, is a dry ground, no pub en route, not really one for about a mile around it. Yeah, I, I know the Stevenage ground. It's a bit out in the middle of nowhere, really. A lot of people saying Seven Sisters to White Hart Lane. Oh, that's, that's bleak. Not, that's I, a, that's bleak I never one, have to do that it? very often. Fratton so. Station to Fratton Park, pretty grim, says Jody. Yeah. But, you know, keep those coming. A couple please. of decent pubs on the way to Fratton Park uh, from the station. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. One man's name. It dominates really everything. It certainly dominates the Brian Clough stand, understandably, right behind us. And uh, we even went and had one of Cloughy's cobs, didn't we? We did. Uh, yeah, well, we shared one. Well, the baguette was yeah. the size of a house. It was yes, bigger right. than the producer, it was like wasn't the, it? The cob was the size of a catcher's mitt. The producer somehow worked his way through it. We shared the baguette. But we were a bit disappointed because they're normal, they're normal names for sandwiches. Because I wanted to order, I was going to order two young mans. Yeah, and I, we were going to. I wanted to have a green jumper. You wanted a green jumper. Mm. We were going to have uh, throw your medals in the bin. We we're going to have one of them, but they're not called. They're not named after great cluffy moments. No. Actually, our next guest has been regaling us uh, off air with some uh, classic cluffy stories. The man who uh, won the European Cup twice uh, under him and uh, and worked with Peter Taylor, of course, John McGovern. John, lovely to see you. Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, as I say, he, he just done everywhere. You walk around the ground. His picture and Peter's picture dominates the place. I mean, he was so much part of your life, wasn't he? Well, it was because I first met him as a, a 15-year-old schoolboy mm. in Hartlepool. And uh, I was only playing my first year in football at all because I'd gone to a grammar school, captained the cricket team for three years, captained the rugby team for three years. And, you know, I fancied being a tennis player, actually, because <laughs> I was a massive Rod Laver fan. Yeah. Um, but not many tennis clubs in Hartlepool, actually. You know, um, <laughs> just slightly more junior football mm. clubs. But uh, I managed to get a trial at, at Hartlepool and went along for a trial on, on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night, it was. And, and that's where I met him for the very first time. Um, not the most pleasant of meetings, actually, because uh, <laughs> we just finished our training session with the, the reserves and the, the amateurs that played for Hartlepool. And uh, we were told to stand in the line because the new manager was going to shake hands with us all and say hello, you know. So I was a, a youngster then, a Rolling Stones fan, so a shoulder length hair. Mm. Um, everybody else was kind of short back inside, so I, I did stand <laughs> out a little bit, you know. And, and of course, the manager goes along the line, good luck, son, good luck, son. And then comes to me at the end and just looked at me, you know, and then said, stand up straight, get your shoulders back and get your hair cut. You look like a girl. And I just kind of stood there and I went, shh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, And they never shook hands with me. And then I went home and my mum said, how did training go, son? And I said, I ain't going back there, mum. The bogeyman's arrived. And that was literally the effect he had on me. And, and, And strangely enough... 
that mm. same incident would always stick in my mind, you know, years and years after when mm. I signed for him at Derby County, Leeds United and eventually Nottingham Forest because yeah. he's always just testing you out. I suppose see, at some to point... See, to see what the reaction's going to be like. Mm. At some point, you've got to know he rated you as a player if he kept <laughs> signing you. Well, yeah, I know he kept getting me on the cheap, but, you know, he did sign me at four <laughs> different clubs, so... He must have seen something, but I think it was actually Peter Taylor was the one that uh, thought I might have had some ability. Yeah. Because there was a quote in the, the Hartlepool paper after I'd played in, I think, the, the last trial match we had, you know, and, and the quote from Peter Taylor was, lock the doors of the ground and don't open them till we've signed that skinny kid playing it outside right, <laughs> who fortunately was me, you know. Um, mm. And he was instrumental in when I went to Derby County, moving me from a a wide right position to playing in central midfield where I think he knew my attributes at being able to pass the ball with both feet competently and my ability to understand where the ball was going to go and where players were going to move to and general kind of insight into how the game's played was there and he understood that I think a little bit more than Mr Clough. Mr Clough was there to teach me manners and teach me <laughs> what what 100% means yeah. uh, and, it, and that's exactly what it means that you know there isn't there isn't 200% there's not 300% there's, there's 100% and you had to give it in every training session you committed yourself to although there would still be laughs and jokes but uh, certainly every match so my kind of professional attitude was was easily something that stood me in good stead from my early days even as a, a youngster because uh, I tell people now listen friendly match testimonial match benefit match reserve match league match FA Cup final European Cup final there's only one way you play and you play to win mm. because you're a professional and you have to show people why you're a professional you have to have that little bit of ego to say I'm going to show them what I can do and I was fortunate as well later in my career at Derby County meeting a player called Dave Mackay because mm. this guy had this <laughs> attitude in abundance you know, a little five aside, Dave, he cut you in half if you tried to beat him or take the mickey out. And Alan Hinton, one of our strikers, actually, missed two games. And that was the only two games he missed all season. Because he, he, he nutmegged Dave Mackay and then shouted, nutmegs after it on the training ground. Wow. And, and that taught me that's the kind of attitude you need. Maybe not to that extreme, but you had to have that kind of attitude because you are a professional. Mm. You represent your mum, your dad your relations, your team, the town, the county. Mm. And then eventually, obviously, if you play in European football, you're representing your country. So you have to take into consideration those things, you sure. know, without, without letting it you know, interfere with your job as a professional footballer. Yeah. I like to think I was one of those that, that gave it every single thing I had, although I couldn't run to save my life. Um, <laughs> he told me his grandmother could run faster than me, and he's yeah. prob probably right there as well. But then again, could she pass the ball as accurately? <laughs> as <laughs> uh, but I didn't say that to him. No, no, no. no. <laughs> was, was it a fear factor <clears throat> with Cluffy then? You know, I think managers, it's all about man management. He, to do, did he manage everyone differently because he knew mm. they could take this or no, an arm around the shoulder? Or? No, he, he treated everyone exactly the same, be it a reserve, international, schoolboy, exactly the same. Yep. Now, if you don't pass the audition when he has a go at you, <clears throat> then he knows how you're going to run out in front of thousands of people and perform to the best of your ability on a Saturday. Yep. So I did, as I mentioned before, say it was a bit of a test when you first met Clough. You know, it's like Trevor Francis when he first joins at Nottingham Forest, the first million pound player, you know. And 
of course, the press he signed and the record signing million pounds, you know, and, mm. and the press are shouting, uh, "Where are you playing on Saturday, Trevor? You know, are you playing up front? You know." And, and Trevor goes nonchalantly, "Well, I'm sure the manager knows where I'm playing." You know, and Clough went, "Yeah, in the A team." <laughs> you know, and of course the the press started to laugh, but he didn't. He played him in the A team. <laughs> And yeah. after it signed for a million pounds so, so Trevor Francis has to turn out for the 80 you know yeah. brought Trevor right down to there you know, <laughs> brought him right back down to earth wow amazing but, um, but that was to me that's a good lesson in yeah, humility yeah. wait a minute you're playing for this club you're playing for our 18 go and try and score a goal and win mm. the match for us you know and then we'll talk about it after yeah. you know discuss anything after a match but you've got to go out there and do it mm. talk a bit more on time so Chris Hutton he's come in you thinking about it, it was a difficult season last year what's what's the realistic expectations for this campaign you think well this club's always been positive uh, regarding signing players um, trying to bring in the best manager that's around or the best manager that's available because sometimes you have to have a compromise with those situations but you know Chris Hutton's an experienced manager you know he's a sensible lad you know um, I've had one brief chat with him um, since he's arrived at the club and Seems to me as if he's the man quite capable of, of bringing success to Nottingham Forest Football Club and, and that's why he's here. He talks very, very good common sense, but he's always, like most managers, under the slight kind of reservations about, you know, is the squad good enough? And then the elements of luck that come into it, such as injuries, players going off form. Mm. Um, but he'll try and get and put together a group of players that, that mentally are always tuned into doing the job. Um, and physically want to compete hopefully in every game they're playing as well mm. so if he gets the right characters alongside him not, they might not necessarily be brilliant players <clears throat> but if they're the right characters that are willing to sell their soul to the devil to bring success to Nottingham Forest Football Club then I think Chris is quite capable of bringing those elements out in players and of course that's the job in management you know anyone can coach you know yeah. my, my 10 year old grandson could coach you know, <laughs> it's got so, nothing, you know coaching's easy you know, you write those rules down. You know, it's the on-the-moment conversations, yeah. the on-the-moment reactions that you get from your players, and then <clears throat> you'll find out. You know, if they're really committed to you and the team effort. Lovely to see you, John. Um, you get well soon. You've had an ankle up, um, but you're, you you work here as a club ambassador, and you'll be back. Even even with the old boot on, you'll be back for the start of the season, all being well. Hopefully, yes. Brilliant. Okay, we can say Cheers, you're going to miss the first few games, but you're <laughs> going to get yourself out there. Lovely to see you, John. All the best. Thank you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From TalkSport. Joining us now, uh, the man currently looking after the under-23s, the former uh, Forest winger, Andy Reid. Good to see you, Andy. Good afternoon. Uh, last time we saw you, we were at Cheltenham. You came along as our guest at Cheltenham, and you mistook yeah. our producer for a jockey. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not that hard to do. No, that, it's not, it? is it? And ever oh, since, he's, oh. he, he, he does look the part, doesn't he? You could see yeah, him there. Absolutely. It'd be perfect on Christmas fancy dress, wouldn't it? Yeah. Put, yeah. put AP McCoy's kit on him. <laughs> it'd be, uh, next <laughs> Christmas party, we'll get you in ruby silks. That's how we'll ask, we'll ask Paddy to sort <laughs> us out. So. Paul, what's this about you? You saying that that walk over the over the bridge isn't uh, isn't great? Well, that no, we found we found a scenic route. No, no we were th- we, we were not the, the bridge route, is nice. The route past Hooters, along past the, oh, on the, the dual shark. Oh, I know you found Hooters. Well, there's a shark. <laughs> that goes back to our jockey friend there, who <laughs> seemed that's it. That's his north star. But we've we've, we've been told there's a nicer, more scenic route along the river. Walk along the riverbank and then turn right to get to the yeah, station. Yeah, you can do. But you know what? I always get you know, when you come across that. I used to love the night games. You come across the the trampers just as it was getting see the dark. On, yeah. You see the lights on and. It was like hairs in the back of the net. You're ready for the game. That's all you need. You were yeah, saying that just need. coming out, seeing the pitch again, gives you goosebumps. <sighs> it does. It does. It's brilliant. I, I, I love it. It's, it's. Listen, when you have so many happy memories, that are play, well, even when you have some memories that aren't great, but there's still memories that are in there. And I had so many good times out in there and such a rapport with the fans and, you know, coming out here and, you know, when it's a full house, you're going on to beat Derby or whatever it may be. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, or, or you, like I just said to you, scoring a goal at the Trent then. I mean... <laughs> Go on then. What's your greatest? What's your, I mean, I can imagine you pinging some diagonals around here. But what's your greatest goal on this? Um, I remember I got one against. Um, I got one against Millwall actually, where I burst from the halfway line, got to uh, just outside the box, and I think I probably got a little bit too tired, so I just thought, well, I'll hit it from here. I can't <laughs> keep going. Uh, and I think it went in off the crossbar, so so, so that was a bounce good one. down and hit the top ba- of the net. Yeah, bounce your down. Your yeah, style. Oh, yeah, perfect. A yeah. nice round of applause from the travelling Millwall fans. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I think uh, I think when I went up to take a corner in the second half I think somebody hit me with a sausage roll in the head <laughs> I think probably with a few choice words yeah. along with it yeah. So, uh, yeah, looking after the 23s and, and enjoying it and, and uh, having a bit of a dialogue with Chris, who we have from just there, because obviously, you know, he's going to be wanting to see your boys coming through. Yeah, it's, it's been great since he's come in. Listen, I, I, I've known the gaffer since uh, he coached at Tottenham and he coached mm. uh, when I was there and coached uh, Ireland. He was assistant manager when I played for Ireland. So, so I've got a really good relationship with him. So it's been great. Uh, that, that link for us, for the academy into the force team is massive. You know, a lot of managers don't. Uh, there are plenty of managers that don't really kind of encourage that pathway. They're, they're so stuck in, in the ways. But the gaffer's been really, really good. Um, he's given our lads an opportunity, especially in pre-season now, to kind of get a look at him, which has been good. So so to have that link is really, really important. Um, d- d- doing the job is it, it's absolutely fantastic. And, and, and there's been a big push over the last few years for us to try and grow as an academy. There's been so many people made their debuts over the last few years. And the club has made a hell of a lot of money from players that have come in and on so there's been a real big push and, and uh, towards the end of last season we got we got 
granted Cat One status, so Category One status, Brilliant. which is which is being granted. How, yeah. how important is it? You know, like uh, all down the levels that they kind of emulate the first team. You know, the the formation, the way that they play, because you want those players to come in, understand the responsibilities of the the, the that position. Yeah, listen. In an ideal world, you'd have a, a, a structure running through the whole football club, but yep. but we don't live in an ideal world, and um, I think the nature of of, of the fo- of football at the moment is that, is that managers don't really keep the job for five, six, seven years anymore, so it's mm. difficult to run it through. So we've got our structure that we run through in the academy. We've got an asil- a syllabus that we've got in yep. the academy, which is really high tempo, really high pressing, and it's all based around an, uh, energy, and, and then you bring the quality, which is really important. So if we can give them a good footing, then you're hopeful that whatever style of play a manager wants to play at the force team, then, then they'll be ready to kind of take it on board when they step up, you know? So, um, they're, yeah, they're the kind of things that we, the, the, the traits that we've got yep. in the academy, so it gives them the best opportunity because when they step up, we have to prepare them, you know, there's so many times when you see young lads step up and it doesn't quite work for them the first time and, mm. you know, and, and then it, and it hurts some of them and some of them don't bounce back from it, so resilience is a big part and it's one of our traits that we've got in the in the academy, they have to have a bit of resilience. Maybe it's because I'm just inherently very lazy, but I'm always interested in footballers who've had a decent career, you know presumably quite comfortable mm. could go into the media you know you can talk out loud Andy why you'd go oh I want to be a coach and get in at six in the morning and leave at seven and be a manager where you know you're getting sacked all the time and the stress is it's 24-7 why, could, why can you be bothered well my my buzz is football you know I got a buzz from being out on the football pitch being out on the training pitch um, you know people go on about uh, you know all the banter in the dressing room is great yeah no and I did enjoy that and I always go on with well not get on with everybody but I go on with most people <laughs> um, uh, but my buzz was always being on the training pitch and being out on the pitch and, and it's the same now as a coach and uh, you know I've travelled the pathway that these young lads are travelling now I came through the academy here um, and uh, so we're kind of I know what it takes and, and I know the rewards that you can get when you get out on that force team and when I say them rewards it's that adulation uh, it's that knowing that you can do something just a little bit different and, and I want them to, to, to have that it's that feeling you know of making the debut and you know, scoring a goal here, or, and so I desperately want them. So that kind of drives me on to to work really, really hard, and, and I get a buzz from being out on the train and pitching, coaching, trying to help these these young players to to get an opportunity to do for me is the, is the best job in the world. It, it's you know, it's it's everybody's dream. Yeah. How, how do you look back on your time at Spurs? You went with, with Michael Dawson, didn't you, to Tottenham? Is that, that's quite rare that two players go from one club at once. Yeah, I think what happened, Tottenham had been chasing me for quite a while and um, we couldn't get a deal done. Um, you know, both the chairman, I don't think they seen eye to eye um, at the time. Um, so it was difficult to get a deal done. And then and then Doss kind of came in as a little bit of a make weight at the end of the deal and ended up staying for 10 years and was a captain for five. You know, so I'm like, OK, how does that work? Uh, they were packing my bags after two years saying, on you go, Reedy. I was like, see you later, Doss. I'm sure he still owes me a few quid for that, actually. And what's your ambition then, Andy? Listen, I want to manage. Uh, you know, I, I, I definitely want to manage, but am I in? I'm not in any hurry to uh, to. You know, I'm not thinking right. I have to. I'm loving what I'm doing every single day, and I'm learning every single day. I make mistakes every single day, and and people might think that that's funny. And you know, saying well, it's not okay. As long as you learn from their mistakes, yep. then it's great. If I can make their mistakes now, early on in my career, and kind of learn from them and and and, and get a little bit better, then it'll serve me in, in good stead. But I do have ambitions to manage. I, I feel that I've got the capabilities I feel that I've got the, the knowledge um, I feel like I've got the personality and you know and I think them, them things are, are, are quite important um, 
And, you know, if you go into dealing with players, dealing with young players, dealing with old players, the main thing is the relationships with the players, you know, and, and, and I try to have the best relationship as I possibly can. And sometimes that's tough love, sometimes that's an arm around. But the players have to know that you care. Players are kind of quite precious nowadays, you know, not like it was kind of uh, 25 years ago where, you know, you'd get you'd get all sorts of abuse you know if you didn't do your job properly players are quite precious now and you have to build that rapport with them and if you can get them on side and get mm. them to bind into your ethos then then you've got a chance and that's what i want to do moving throughout my career and if the coaching doesn't work you've always got your musical career with Absolutely. chris yeah. to fall back on the guitar <laughs> and <laughs> footballers got talent the new yeah. series well it was Alan Pardew's uh, the judge yeah, well, yeah it was right. more like that to be fair i have to I say it was more like, like the that. trophy for that yeah, yeah. Did, did he tell you the full story about Go how on, it all happened so so we've gone away on the pre season trip and, and, and Chris had just come in and uh, Alan Pardew was manager at Charlton and, and he's gone right we have to do a, a, an introductory thing all the players have to sing a song and I brought my guitar over with me so Pardew's gone are you going to play a few songs and I was like yeah yeah no problem so all the boys knew that he was going to sing so all throughout the day before I'm getting knocked on my door can we practice this reading <laughs> so, so he knocks on my door and what was it knocking on heaven's That's door I think yeah. it was so yeah. I'm sat in the bedroom me and Chris he's just signed I'm playing and he's singing knocking on heaven's door and I'm thinking oh my god where's this going here <laughs> so, we, so we've gone out that evening and, and all the players done uh, and it was like a, an X Factor style thing mm, I think yeah. he had Pards I think it was uh, and Pauly was yeah, it yeah. and Chris Pell they were right. the judges and the lads had to get up and I'm there at my guitar singing it was it was brilliant <laughs> I have to say it was really and really good and did you two win did you did you win uh, Chris yeah, yeah you won yeah. Yeah. You went, uh, to be fair you didn't have much competition <laughs> <laughs> I have to Just be honest with you no I'm sorry mate you weren't bad but you didn't have much competition it's a no from me oh, you're was, not coming to London yeah, yeah. We, we, we were like a rubbish boy band I would say. <laughs> Well, lovely to see you, Andy. It's oh. great. Now, pleasure. Pleasure. Have a Thanks, great mate. season. Brilliant. Cheers. Take Thank care, you. guys. Yeah. Top nice. Andy Reid there. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Let's head up yes. to uh, to Middlesbrough, shall we? Where uh, Neil Warnock, of course, is in uh, red- residence. One of the great survivors of uh, of English football. What a fantastic career he continues to have. You just think he's going to retire down at the West Country. Just when they think he's out, they pull him back in again. Graham Courtney. Uh, I thought you were talking about Graham Courtney. No, yeah, well, it's like a build up for Graham, (laughs) isn't it? I mean, I'm a big fan of the lad. Yeah, just uh, take out the words Neil Warnock along the way, put my name in. Do you know what? Uh, Up here, it it is the most lovely, warm, gorgeous, sunny afternoon here on Teesside. And that is a sentence I have never said before, I can guarantee (laughs) it. It's absolutely gorgeous, it really is. But I have to say. What are the hopes? uh, uh, Sorry, go on. I was going to say, what are the hopes and dreams for Middlesbrough this season? Uh, well, I mean, bear in mind that when Neil Warnock arrived here, uh, the club was in danger of going down. And um, it was interesting, really. I mean, one of the things he's been saying very openly, if it hadn't been for Steve Gibson, who I probably rate as, uh, I don't know, the best owner, manager, ch- uh, chairman of a football club in the country. He's brilliant. He really is. Without him, the borough would have been gone a long, long time ago. And uh, if um, if Gibson hadn't been in charge of this football club, then Neil Warnock wouldn't be here. I've got to say also, I'm very impressed with Neil Warnock because uh, he's actually... I mean, I'm right at the back of this. I'm way up in the gods. And I'm looking down, and he's, he's actually signing autographs and things like that with the fans. It's an open day here at Middlesbrough. Uh, and it's great, really. I mean, well done mm. the AFL for coming up with something like this for the simple reason being quite a few people are still a bit nervous about coming into what is going to be a full arena. And um, they've decided to open the doors, let people come in and just... Uh, sort of familiarise themselves but he's walking mm. along and he's he's wearing one of these bum bag I like to say that these days I don't know but yeah, um, you can. It, and what he's going along 
And someone's obviously said, ah, I'd love an autograph, I haven't got anything. Not a problem. He actually pulls out a photograph of himself. And he's now going along there, and he, he must have, I don't know, dozens in there. He's, he's actually pulling them out all the time. But anyway, he's a super guy. And <laughs> when you think about it, it's all very Neil well. Warnock's magic bum bag. <laughs> well, Latest exactly. edition. Sounds like a fanzine, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. You know, sorry, sorry. Just, just yeah. a chat. I'm sort of, you know, Neil Warnock is walking around with a bum bag full of photos of himself. Yeah, that, correct. Right, yeah. Perfect. Oh, Absolutely. Yes. Breaking news here on Talks. <laughs> I believe I'm hearing. Yeah. It's breaking news here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, marvellous. Well, maybe maybe uh, opposition managers will be handed one. <laughs> yeah, that will well, be nice. <laughs> do you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> but you have to say that overall, you know, I think when you look at the, the season that's just gone, uh, they were doing really, really well up until about Christmas time, and then they got some injuries along the way, and bit by bit, the season just sort of fizzled away, and they ended up in the middle of the table. But uh, I caught up with Neil a short while ago, and I asked him if he was going to be... Was he pleased, or was he disappointed with the way that club fee, uh, that season finished? Yeah, pleased in a way, but I'm, myself, at my age, I'm di- I was disappointed, if I'm honest, Graham. I can't, I can't tell a lie. You know, we were so up near after Christmas we were there and then all of a sudden we lose four good players and we can't do that, we haven't got enough squad for that. So we're going to have to be lucky again this year, our main players. We've tried to give them programmes to strengthen these muscle areas, etc. But you just need a bit of luck. You've got to have your best players on the pitch in this league. And, uh, you know, I think it summed it up when Kevin went to watch Fulham last week. I think they had 30-odd players on the programme. You know, we trained with 14 this morning. And I think that sort of sums the two clubs up. But hey, listen, we've still uh, we've still got a decent side. And of course, the EFL Championship. In, as a fan looking in, as someone covering it, it's a wonderful division. It must be a bit of a nightmare at times as a player, as a manager, because it's a crazy division, isn't it? Yeah, it's. I think it's the best. I think the Premier League now is becoming too predictable, and only going to get worse when you see the transfers that are pending at the moment. Uh, when a championship, and any day of the week, the bottom club beats the top club, and I think it's just great. Man, I've loved it all my life. It's been the one that kept, you know, really makes me buzz. And uh, and coming up here, like I say, uh, everything in place now with the fans and, and what have you. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this season. Did he? Uh, did Neil leave you with a bum bag photo, uh, Graham, or not? Did you uh, ask for one, or did he just proffer one? Snubbed. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's only the inner sanctum. Isn't it? I do love Neil Warnock back, backs against the ball. Even if he was the Man City manager, he'd find a way of saying, no, it's tough for us. It's tough <laughs> no, for us than anyone else. I've been sent a video of, here is Neil Warnock handing uh, a photo of himself to a young fan. Yeah, she, nice. seems, she seems utterly delighted yeah. with this new thing. It's great. It's, it's, it's work, Chris really? Eubank used to do the same thing. I remember meeting Chris and uh, he just, uh, we've been, and he handed me a photograph of himself pre-signed, which was, I think, oh. nice. It's nice that, you know, I didn't ask for one, but I was quite happy to accept it. So maybe it's the way forward, <laughs> Maybe Matt. it is. Get yourself <laughs> some uh, signed pictures. Thank you. All the best. Cheers, Graham. Graham. No problem at all. All the best, guys. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. And we'll do it all again in the studio tomorrow, Max. We've got a nice scenic route along the Trent now, haven't we? Rather than going past Hooters. (laughs) Yeah, unless you want to go to Hooters. Not my kind of place, but I know what you're like. The producer seems keen. Yeah, he's going that way on his own, of course. He's going to get a later train. The Hooters route. Yeah, there we are. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talksport. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.